Hi, I'm Kenzie. And I'm Emily. And this is The Clock Crypt. Crack open a cold one with us. While we discuss everything true crime, mysteries, conspiracies, and much more. the doctors and dr mangala (laughs) yeah speaking of doctors (laughs) perfect timing i just splashed on you open one too yo what's up people Mm. watermelon Mm. white claw black cherry i like the black cherry one i'm not a big fan of cherry stuff but i really like the black cherry one i'm saying i think they switched it sometime like switched the recipe last time like they do taste kind of different. Because when I first tried them, I hated them. But now they're like, okay. So I feel like they changed something in it. Probably. Well, I suppose it's not going to help me to look at the yeah, ingredients like, because <laughs> I don't have an old can unless you have an old can laying around somewhere. Mm. I found two of them in my yard. Just go look at the ingredients on those ones. Yeah. I don't know if they're black cherry or not. I threw them away already. Oh. Well, useless. Okay, today we're going to talk about Dr. Mangala. I like to call him Dr. Asshat. Um, Before we get into this, a little disclaimer, I know absolutely nothing about history. I don't know anything about war, and I don't know anything about politics. I slept through history class, not going to lie. I skipped 90%. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when I was there, I slept. When I wasn't there, I I don't know what went on. (laughs) So I'm going to kind of... um, shy away from the war talk and focus more on Dr. Mangala as a person. If you want to know about the war crap, just Google it. Yeah, oh my god. It goes so deep. I could have made this, like, six parts easily if I had added in all that, but, like, I didn't understand half of the stuff they were saying, so I didn't do it. Too many big words for my tiny little brain. (laughs) And you also get to hear me absolutely butcher some German names. And towns and just... Sorry if you're German. I know we've got listeners all over the world, so, um, most of them are in London, though, it looks like, so, okay. so well, my London people. We have what you would call a Minnesotan accent, and Minnesota. it- Minnesota. We like to go on the boat. Yeah, and it doesn't go well with trying to do the German accent at all, so, like, I cannot- I tried. I typed in, like, how to pronounce this, how to pronounce that, This and is when we need Chase. She's- she took a German class. She would know how to say it. Hopefully. We should have brought her on here and been like, Chase, help us. <laughs> it's been a long day, okay? Oh, God, yes. I'm exhausted. If you haven't had a uh, pregame drink, I recommend one for this because shit's about to get a little dark. It's a wee bit. I haven't pregamed enough, Kenzie. I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> yeah. Just chug, chug, chug. <laughs> And one sip was a pregame. <laughs> Not even. This is like pussy mode here. Usually I'm a lot further down than this if I'm pregaming. <laughs> okay, so Joseph Mangala was born March 16th, 1911 in, here we go, the first butcher, Gunsberg, Germany. Or Gunsberg? Gunsberg, Germany. I can't say it with the Minnesota accent. Like, I literally can't. We're just going to Americanize it. It's yeah, fine. Gunsberg, Germany. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> just bear with us. <coughs> you can also um, just, like, email us the proper pronunciations. If it bothers you, please just correct us. It's fine. We won't be offended. <laughs> I tried typing into, like, typing it into Google, and, like, my mouth could not make the sounds that the Google's mouth was making. <laughs> Like, I, I fucking tr- Brittany. I tried for like a good 30 uh, minutes ooh. and then I even added in like parentheses of how I think it's actually spelt, but I still don't know if I'm going to be saying it right. It's whatever. <laughs> oh. Uh, his father was Carl Mangala, a wealthy manufacturer. Carl. Carl yes. <laughs> <laughs> All these fucking fancy ass German names, and his name is Carl. Yep. Carl, that kills people. You can't eat the head. 
Llamas with hats. <laughs> Gotta love them. Anyways, Carl... <laughs> Not only was his name Carl, but he was a wealthy manufacturer of a farming, like, implements. They make, like, farming equipment, basically. Tractors! Yeah. And it's still around today. Oh. Like, I typed in the name and, like... So we get our tractors from Germany? No. Oh. Not (laughs) us, but, like, in Germany, if you type in the Mangala name and then, like, farming, you can go to their website and, like, buy stuff from them. I'm gonna buy so, a tractor from them. You're not gonna want to. I mean, okay, Carl didn't do anything wrong, <laughs> but, like, the Mangala name is forever stained. Oh my god, that rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> you're a poet and you didn't even know it. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Hashtag bars. Okay, mother was Wal... Hang on. <laughs> Walburga? Mangala? Walburga? How would you... Walburga Mangala. Walburga? Whaleburga. Well, I don't know. Whaleburga. Okay, that's... I don't... You can hear the Minnesotan in the way that we're pronouncing the A's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. He had a pretty normal childhood, and he was raised in a strict Catholic home, which was, like, common for back then, so nothing out of the norm. Uh, He was said to be very smart and quiet, but also kind of, like, popular in his small town. He was known, pretty well known. Yeah. He went to school at mm, here we go again, Munchen <laughs> University, Munchen <laughs> Munchen University for philosophy and medicine. And he said, "quote I will be in the encyclopedia one day." Is he in the encyclopedia? Ah, uh, yes, but not for the reasons he thought he was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Mangala! He's. On the Holocaust Encyclopedia website. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Munchen, the university he went to, was the same town where the Nazi Party headquarters was. That was ran by, obviously, the one and only Adolf Hitler. Oh, Mr. Hitler. Yeah. (laughs) So they just kind of, like, collided, basically. In 1935, he earned his degree in... Physical anthropology. Yep. Oh, that's how you would say it. Okay. <laughs> I know what anthropology is, but I can't fucking think of what it is right now. And in 1937, he became an assistant to Dr. Otter von Venschulner. What? <laughs> Verschner. He became an assistant to Dr. Otterman... Dr. Otterman von Verschener. Uh, he was a physicist. Yeah. <laughs> all this German stuff's got me fucked up. <laughs> he was a physician in human genetics. He also studied twins, which a little foreshadowing there, and whether criminally criminality, feeble-mindedness, and tuberculosis and cancer were inheritable. And this is probably where Mangala got his inspiration. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. Criminality, feeble-mindedness, tuberculosis, cancer. Okay, so criminality. I'm guessing, like, legal troubles? Probably. Mixed with, like, cancer and tuberculosis. I mean, everything was illegal back then. If you think, like, gay marriage wasn't even legal. No. So that could have been, like put in there and then like not having blue eyes and blonde hair was illegal (laughs) almost yeah Uh, eventually he got his degree in medicine and that same year in 1937 he joined the nazi party Mm. yeah you know just saying i would have been fucked if i lived during these days in germany oh me too you have blonde hair and blue eyes. Not anymore. I dyed my hair. I haven't had blonde hair since I was in, like, fifth grade. But you naturally have blonde hair. I don't think they dyed their hair back then. Often. Anyways. I don't know. Maybe. I hope uh, they had hair dye back then. If I was alive back then, I hate my natural hair color. It's, like, a dirty blonde. It's, like, gross. And, like, I'm a very pale person, and that color of hair just, it blends in with my skin. It just doesn't look good. Hmm. I'm a, um, I'm a brunette, but I'm a natural blonde at heart, because I'm super dumb. I <laughs> called my mom, 
And I told her, I forgot what I did, but I was like, hey, mom, you want to hear my blonde moment of the day? And she goes, you only have one? Hey, right now my hair's blonde. I know what it was. Um, it was a couple days ago, right before Easter. I wanted to. We were gonna go see some of my older relatives, and I wanted to make sure I didn't have COVID because I had a little bit of a sneezy fit, but probably just allergies. So I took a COVID test just to be safe, and I set it on my countertop. And I thought I saw a line where the positive was, but I did the same thing last time I took a COVID test, and it was like the shadow of the test because we're like is the whole test is raised except for like the test strip and where yeah. it's raised it puts a line like shadow line I guess depending mm-hmm. on where the light's coming from and it was right by the T which means test and I freaked out I was like oh my god I have COVID and I have Easter today what am I gonna do <laughs> and then I went to the other side of my countertop and I was like hey, hey, Kenzie you're dumb <laughs> <laughs> I was like freaking out. It can't be better than when I was putting my desk together the other day, though. And fucking, I shit you not. Okay, I was a little toasty off of the devil's lettuce, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was building my desk and I'm sitting there looking for the number three screw. Because I thought I needed it for the other end. And I shit you not, I searched my apartment for like a fucking hour looking for this screw to find out when I went and checked the paper that I didn't need a size three, I needed a size two, and I had no more threes left because I had already used them. So I'm looking for this screw that didn't fucking exist. It's okay. When I put my desk together, that one right over there, yeah, I had like six extra screws and an extra piece of wood. And I don't know where they go, but it's still together, so I'm not fucking with it. I was going to say, it probably goes on the back, but you already got a back piece there. Yeah, I don't know. Where the fuck? Don't know. Is it supposed to have, like, a top back piece, maybe? Don't know. It was together, it was standing, and I was done with it. It took me five hours to put that thing together. (laughs) I feel it. And then I got an extra one on the mail. (laughs) So I have two of the same desks. Okay, uh, so eventually... In 1937, he got his medicine degree and joined the Nazi party. Before going to Auschwitz, he wrote three medical papers that were called... Um, okay, I also don't know medical terms, so this is going to be another... Well, I took an anatomy class, so I might know. Racial morphological examination of yeah, the no. an- anterior portion <laughs> of the lower jaw and four racial groups. Genealogical. Yeah, genealogical studies in the cases of cleft lip jaw palate, hereditary transmission of fistula? Fistula. Fistula somethings. Aris. Fistula aris, I think. Lots of very big medical words that just don't know what any of them (laughs) mean. Hell yeah, to medical terminology. And then, side note, because it's in between the 1937 where he did all this and the next year I'm going to, um, right around this time in 1939 was when all Jewish people were legally required to wear a yellow star. They found out who Jewish people were by looking at their legal documents and, like, tax forms, talking to neighbors, and their physical features and stuff like that. What did they do with gingers? Um, I don't know. Probably depends on who they ran into. Like, it's all this blonde hair, blue eyes versus brown hair, brown eyes. Well, what about the fucking gingers and people with green eyes? Well, like, neighbors. Like, if I was German, just normal, everyday Christian German woman or Catholic, whatever they were back then, and you were Jewish, I would have to report you. If I knew you were Jewish. Otherwise, I would get in trouble. Fuck you. And you would have <laughs> to wear a star. Legally have to wear the Star of David on you. To show the world that you were Jewish. Otherwise, you're in trouble. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm thinking back to that English class that we... You know, and I think back on it now where she did that little Nazi game thing with us. That was kind of fucked up. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. We Especially once we kind of get into it a little bit, because that actually helped me understand a section of this. I mean, it was nice because it helped me learn, but, like, yeah. she killed us and put us into concentration camps. 
1938, one year before the war started, um, he joined the SS. And in 1940, when he was 29, he was... Special services? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I'm guessing. I know they're not good. They're the bad guys. No bueno. Yes. Again, I did not look into the war, politics, or medical. I fucking hate politics any of that. I didn't look into that. I'm focusing on him as a person. Okay. In 1940, when he was 29, he was drafted into the army and volunteered for the medical service as you know, join their team, be like, hey, I'll help you guys with medical stuff type of a thing. I'm a doctor! Yeah. Not much is known about this time because like it was kind of kept under wraps. Um, But he ended up being a medical officer for the SS. So he kind of like worked his way up. Hmm. Kudos. Yep. Not necessarily the great circumstances, but kudos. In the div- it was in the division of Ponzen. Back then known as Posen? I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> he was <All> right. wo- <laughs> uh where he was wounded and then he was sent back to Germany in nineteen forty three. Then he began his work at Kaiser Wilhelm Institute. For hey, anthropology. Kaiser. Kaiser. That's how we pronounce the buns at work. They're Kaisers. Okay, then he began his work at Kaiser or Kaiser Wilhelm Institute <laughs> for Anthropology, Genetics, and Eugenics, which I thought was a skincare program, but apparently it's a thing, um, which was directed by his mentor, Mr. Von, however we said his last name before, which I think was Vishner? Vishner. Vishner. Uh, some... I don't know. It's the same Otterman dude as before. He comes up, like, three times in this story. Like, it's kind of weird, like, how small the world is. Dr. V. Dr. V, yeah. That works. Anyways, he ran into Dr. V again, which is who he was, like, with when he was in college. But he comes up again later on. They're pals. Yeah. In April of 1943, he was promoted to SS captain shortly after... On May 30th, though, he was transferred to Auschwitz. Or Auschwitz. I dun, say Auschwitz. Dun, dun. Yeah, this is kind of where shit goes a little bit south. <laughs> a lot of people think that he was the, like, highest-ranked phys- physician there, but he was not. He was still under Captain Edward Warsh, is how you say his name, I think. Sounds about Who was right. in charge of all, like, medical matters on the camp. Yeah. And then, of okay. no- in November of 1943, Mengele was 32, and he took a position at Auschwitz II, better known as Birkenau. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah. A lot of people just call it Auschwitz II, but it's technically Bir- Birkenau. I think it's Birkenau. I don't know. Or Birkenau. One of the two. But Birkenau sounds right. And he got promoted to chief camp physician, but he was still under Wersch, and um, he that's where he got his nickname, Angel of Death and White Angel. I didn't know about the White Angel. I just always heard Angel of Death, so I thought that was kind of cool. So he's like, kind of like the Reaper. Yeah. So now Um, I want to talk a little bit about what happened at Auschwitz. What it was like when you get to Auschwitz as a twin, and then a little bit out. It, it's kind of going to jump all over the place, but I'll let you know where we're going with each one. Sounds good. Okay, so at Auschwitz, the survivors say he was cruel and evil. Um, one of the things he was in charge of is what they call selections. It is where he would stand on the ramp that was like attached to the train where the Jewish people got off of, and he would tell people where to go, whether they went to... Um, the gas chambers right away, or if he went to uh, work, like, at the concentration camp, or if they went to his, like, medical studies. So he basically just pointed, and that's where they went. Okay. That was his job. Oh, unlike most, he apparently... Okay, so apparently all... Most? Not all. Most of the people there must have been like drunk or something because people thought it was important to point out that he was sober when he was doing this i don't know it was just a note in the holocaust encyclopedia that drugs maybe 
I don't know. I mean, you can't be sober when you're killing a bunch of people, can oh, you? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Unless you're all sorts of yeah. fucked up, but... He was even seen, like, on the ramps, pointing where people should go and talking to people, when he was off-duty. Anytime a new trainload of people came in, he was there. Okay, so he's, like, one of the important guys that always gotta be there. Yep, and he was looking for twins, uh... Gypsies or Roma, depending on how you want to say their names. You know, kind of goes back and forth. Um, and anyone with a visible deformity, we'll get into those a little bit later. <laughs> some parents announced they had twins. Um, some people on the train would point out the twins, and other parents try to hide the twins. Like, getting off the train, you really have no idea what's going on, but you see another group of twins getting taken away, and you don't know if it's good to offer up your twins or to hide your twins like you don't know what's going on so there's kind of like mixed things happening so twins are kind of just like a rare occurrence here and so they're like ooh, they're special we don't see twins often so we're gonna take them and it was just like getting off the ramp you see people taking the twins and then if you yourself have twins you don't know if like them taking your twins is a good thing a bad thing if you should deny it say you do like you don't know what to do so everyone was kind of doing like mixed things and some people thought if they pointed out another family that had twins it would give them some sort of like brownie points and make it so they didn't suffer whatever anyone else they did a quick death instead of a yeah. painful one hmm. yeah. makes me curious how many twins they actually like oh i've got numbers off. at the end and i want to know why but i'm sure you're gonna go over it but i want to know why the twins were so important to them it was. I have that, too. There's a lot of shit to go into with this one. I'm just excited. I'm impatient. <laughs> Anyone that tried to hide the twins or separate them, like, put one at the front of the line, one at the back of the line, it didn't work because all the officers there that were, like, the gunsmen just kind of, like, standing there making sure no one tried to make a run for it knew to find twins and hand them over to Dr. Mankla. So like He's the keeper of the twins. There's no way that you could have made it past him, basically. He was most interested in twins and um, would do crazy experiments on them. But again, he also went after people with disabilities, like visible disabilities, like amputees, if you have different colored eyes, um different tumors, stuff like that. Like, he wanted to do all the medical stuff, so it wasn't just twins, but that's what he's most known for. Okay. Yep. Most of the time, the twins were children. Um, if they were very young, sometimes he would be nice enough to let um, their mother stay with them until they were processed, oh. is what they called it. Processed? Yeah. Most of the time, they were separated, though. Around 3,000 twins were taken from the ramp, and only... Jeez. 200 survived. Um, so is he doing, like, tests on them? Yep. Almost all of them were children, and out of the 200 that survived, only 150 were actually healthy enough to make it out of the hospitals. Oh, my gosh. What did they do with them after they made it out of the hospitals? They just went on about their life. Even if they were Jewish? This is, like, no, this is um, after they were rescued. 3,000 twins total were supposedly taken from... The ramps to Dr. Mangala. Okay. Out of that 3,000, only 200 survived to make it out of Auschwitz. And then out of that 200 that were put in the hospital because he did some fucked up stuff, which we'll get into a little bit later, only 150 actually made it out because Damn. just the long lasting side effects or they weren't, they just weren't strong enough to keep going, you know, especially being kids. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck? Okay, so now I'm going to go back to the processing. I, I thought the same thing you did, like, what is processing? And I figured that out. Uh, twins, the twins were known as Mangala's children. Yeah, they got yes. treated differently and were allowed to keep their hair and clothes. And Oh, wow, what a privilege. <laughs> they still got the number tattoo, though. Which, I don't know, tattooing children seems a little weird just because of how common tattoos are nowadays they'd be canceled real quick though oh yeah <laughs> first thing that happened is a shower and then they were taken to the twins barrack yeah oh no then they were taken to the twin barracks i ran i added the s to the wrong word <laughs> um they filled out a form that asked things like medical history measurements and age um 
it's very similar to like the form you'd fill out if you went to urgent care. Just like all your basic medical information. Do you have any diseases running yeah. in your family? Is there anything we should know about heart problems, blood problems? <laughs> yep. And then um, after that, they were taken to Mangala, where he would typically ask more questions and look for any unusual traits. Life as a Mangala twin started at 6 a.m. when they were would do a roll call. And they'd get a small breakfast each morning. Mangala would do an inspection on the twins and the barracks. The kids weren't afraid of him at first because he would walk in with, like, candy and he would be, like, smiling and, like, pretend like he's a good guy. Bribing them and stuff. Yeah, I think it was just to make him not freak out. And some of them ended up calling him Dr. Mangala. Or not Dr. Uncle Mangala. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, They would attend, uh, like, shitty makeshift classes, kind of like school. And play soccer sometimes. The kids didn't So they had the best of it. Yeah. Kind of. They didn't have to do any hard work or labor or get punished. Some didn't even know they were in medical experiments until after they made it out. Oh. Yes. Excuse me the creeps. Yeah. Like. I'm gonna throw in a little story of um, a survivor set of twins. Uh, we're going to talk about Renate and Renee. Uh, their parents were Herbert and Idi- Ida. Ida. That's how you say it. Uh, Renate and her twin brother, Renee. Renate and her twin brother, Renee. Renee? Renee. Renee. I feel like... Renate and Renee. I don't know. So, Rennie, maybe? Rennie. Renate and Rennie? Yeah. Uh, they lived in... I don't even know how to say that one either. Parju? Pragu? Pragu. Uh, before that, though, they lived in Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia? Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Yeah, okay, what she said, we're going to go with that because it sounds German. (laughs) I've heard something like that before. Yeah. Um, They used to live there, but they fled because the Nazi stuff was getting closer and they didn't want their kids to be harmed so they're like we're gonna move to this other place and they lived there from 1933 to 1939 in an apartment um, the twins had to share a crib in their parents bedroom it was like a super small apartment very not in a good area very run down uh, but the twins were always well dressed matching outfits spent a lot of time Aww. at nearby parks so just kind of like family was worried about them so they moved try to restart Obviously, shit went downhill. Yep. <laughs> However, in 1939, the German made its way to them, and uh, they were almost six years old when the family was sent to Auschwitz. Oh, that's so young. Yep. That's how old, like, a lot of them were, like, young, young kids, which I was surprised about. Like, I don't know, maybe, like, as you get older, it's hard to see, like who's your twin, because you kind of start to, like, look different, like, your styles You're and attitude and stuff. You're maturing and stuff yeah. like that. What about the twins that didn't look alike? Did they have any of those? Or only ones that were identical twins? I'm guessing identical, because I don't think they really... It's probably hard to tell if yeah, they're Yeah, I was like, I don't think they would have had a way to know. Unless they really knew your medical records, but I don't think they really cared much to look into that that far. Yeah, they were immediately separated, um, and Renate, who was... Now known as number seven zero nine one seven, was taken for medical studies. Uh, she had measurements done, X-rays, and blood drawn from her neck. Um, they strapped her down to a table to like do all this stuff to her, and then they gave her uh, some injection. No idea what it was. That made her very sick, and she was vomiting. She had diarrhea, and just overall, not doing good especially at that time when like medical research wasn't as good as it is today like we didn't have as many treatments for stuff so oh, like, yeah that was a pretty big sign that you're not gonna live um while she was still sick from this mysterious injection guards came in to kill the sick but a nurse that actually had a heart hid her under her skirt Aww. so that she didn't die and eventually, Renee and her brother were reunited in 1950 in America, and that is when she learned that she was being experimented on. She thought the injection was just medicine that she needed. Like, she didn't know that 
bad things were happening to her. How did she get to America? Just the when nurse... everyone was being rescued. Just a lot of people from Germany came to America. Well, yeah, but... I don't know. It's, it's just, like, it's a safe place for them to go. Yeah. Like, Germany was kind of... I just want to know how, like, she hid under that nurse's skirt, and then did they know about her after that? No, they, she probably just hid under there, and then once the guards left, they, she probably got brought back out, I'm guessing, because she's still super sick. She still needed to be, like, taken care of, so I'm sure the nurse was still helping her and stuff. But she would just, like, hide her symptoms yeah. and stuff, I bet. And if Mangala was keeping track of it, then maybe he just thought she didn't get sick. That she just suddenly got better. they didn't kill her. Huh. Okay, we're going to go back to Dr. Asshat, as I like to call him. A lot of Nazi doctors were trying to make what they called the master race. Um, that was the Aryan race. According to the Holocaust Encyclopedia page, it was initial initially... It was used to refer to a group of people who spoke a variety of different languages, including most European ones and several different Asian ones. Over time, however, the word took a different meaning in the late 19th century and early 20th century. Some scholars and other, others transformed the Aryans into a mythical race, and they claimed it was superior to other races. In Germany, the Nazis promoted the false notion um, that glorified the German people as a member of the Aryan race when denigrating Jews, black people, and Roma gypsies. They just completely flipped the meeting. They were like, we're the master race. <laughs> just kidding. Yep. Uh, they tried this by... A lot of doctors would just do it by, like, researching, like, kind of like breeding, but in humans... Ooh. Not, like, in a bad way, but, like, oh, this is the parent, this is parent, this is what they made, this is where this parent came from, this is where this parent came from, like, that type of thing. But other people had, like, really sick minds and would do, like, experiments and, like, all sorts of bad shit. What if you did anal? <laughs> yeah, it's... <sighs> some of them would just, like, some of them would study, like, the genetics, and others would, like, try to change the genetics in fucked up ways that they thought would work. Oh. Yep. He was interested in heterochromia, which is the different colored eyes I was talking about. Oh. I've seen, like, people that have that, and it's so fucking cool. Yeah, it's either, like, you can have, like, two different colored eyes, or you can have, like, brown eyes, but then, like, half of one could be blue, and, like, any of that he was into, too. Huh. Yeah, throughout the years at Auschwitz, he collected eyes from the murdered victims and Ew. would give them to his colleague Karen, Kieran, Kieran, Mengenison, don't know how to say it, uh, who would research the eye pigmentation. He also did a lot of like not so good experiments on artificially trying to like change the eye color. That's so gross. Yeah, with playing like, with dead people's eyes. Uh, some of them were alive. He would inject, like, chemicals and oh my all sorts god. of stuff into them to try to change the color. Oh my god, ow! Um, he also did experiments on a disease called Noma, which destroys the mucous membrane in the mouth and other tissue. So he was trying to, like, figure out a way to... Fix it? Fix it, but he was giving the disease to people to try to fix it. Using like, experimenting. Yeah. Oh god. Mengele supported the racial Nazi theory, apparently. Well, obviously. <laughs> and um, his experiments kind of uh, proved that because he was trying to do exactly what it said. He would also collect Jewish and gypsy blood, tissues, tissue samples, and other body parts to prove that their blood and body was somehow, like, worse than everyone else's. And... But they're not. <laughs> yeah, almost all of his test subjects, is what they called them, died during the experiments and were murdered so he could perform, like, a makeshift autopsy. So now that you kind of get an idea of where his head was going with things, we're going to talk about some of the experiments that he did. Because, oh my god, this is where shit gets... Ah. Let me take a drink first. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm ready. So the twins were the focus. Like, that's what he was most into. And the first thing that he would do when he did their, when he did the, like, private meeting with them was make them lay naked next to each other and examine oh. the 
whole anatomy of their bodies. Anything that was the same, he would call hereditary, and differences were called environmental. What? Yeah, so, like, they would lay two twins next to each other. Oh, this one has a birthmark here. This one also has a birthmark here. That's hereditary. This one has a scar here. The other one doesn't. That's environmental type of a thing. Okay, I was gonna say, so, like, one shorter than the other. That's not environmental. That's still hereditary. I don't know. That's just the first thing he would do, and that's how he would label them. So weird. Okay. Blood tests were done. Um, They would often do massive, like, full-body blood transfusions from one twin to the other. Oh, God. That's... If they didn't have the same blood types, that's deadly. Yeah, we already talked about the needles in the eyes um, to try to change the eye color with different chemicals, and it would usually lead to severe pain, infections, and... Probably blindness. Yep, temporary or permanent blindness. Oh, God. I, I, like, the eyes is the one thing I cannot, like, if you are showing poking fingers through the eyes, that's where I start to get a little bit squeamish. Like, I can handle blood and gore and stuff, but when it comes to the eyes, it's like, uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. And they... <laughs> Throughout all of these, they were never given any sort of pain med. They were never put to sleep for the oh, surgeries we're going to talk about. Like, they were awake for all of this. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez. He would give them mysterious injections is what most people refer to them as now. Um, typically, the injections were given to, like, into the spine. He would also do spinal taps. Nothing for the pain again. Um, oh twins were God. shot with things like... Or one twin had a shot of um, something like tuberculosis, and then he would watch the other twin to watch for symptoms. And back then, that was super deadly. I think it still is, but back then it was, like, really deadly. Extremely deadly. Fuck, man. Uh, He pulled bones and teeth to examine. He tried to create conjoined twins by sewing two twins together back to back, and he even stitched some of their organs together. Without pain meds. Without what they were awake. Just getting your fucking tooth pulled in general would fucking hurt. Getting stitched together. Yeah. I'm guessing they didn't survive through half of it. Probably not. You just trying to be like Frankenstein, like putting people together and like your trying to make a person. Your body's gonna go into like shock during that. It, oh my god. Speaking of shock. He would put twins in different rooms and shock one and wait for the other to respond. Like, he would watch the other one to see if they felt pain, and they just keep turning it up and up and up until the other one, like, flinched or said ow or something like that, which obviously never happened because the twins are two different people. They're they not going to feel... They're not connected <laughs> like that. Yeah. They don't what share the nerve endings. Like, I don't know. He's trying to pull some, like, Siamese twin type shit, but, oh. like... Those were some of his favorites to do stuff on. Oh, my God. Um, some of the surgeries they got were, like, organ transplants um, and organ removals in general to see what you could live without. Castration and amputation. Oh, my God. While being awake. Oh, my God. Castration is... Um, Getting rid of your hootie ha. Yeah, chopping off the down belows. Down under. It's <laughs> creating thunder down under. Mengele had a pathologist to do autopsies, and his name was Dr. Michaelis Nizel, I think. I don't know. We'll see. On the, he would do the autopsies on the twins that were murdered. Um, to kill the surviving twin, they would usually stick a large needle in their heart filled with chloroform and phenol. Not fentanyl, but phenol. Uh, that caused the blood to coagulate and some organs and eyes and other tissue samples were sent to that Vestner dude we were talking about so we could do more research on them. So basically, if you if you were my twin and I was given a mysterious injection and died from it, they would autopsy your body. The fuck kind of sense does that make? I don't know. And then they would send parts of you to different people to examine. I don't know. The whole They're not going to investigate you. They're going to investigate me. That makes no fucking sense. These people are psychotic. Yeah, that's kind of why it started a world war. Two. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. It wasn't 
just twins he was after, though. Like, I don't know about you, but, like, in school, I didn't pay attention in middle school, but in high school, mm-hmm. when I actually, like, attended history class and didn't skip it, all they talked about with Dr. Mangala was the twins. But it turns out there was a lot more than twins that he was, like, into God, and wanted it. to know about. <laughs> I need another one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's an interesting side note. One day, um, a mother refused to leave her 14-year-old daughter, and Mangala walked out and just, like, shot them both. He was like, fine. You guys want to be together? Pew, pew. Have fun. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at least they're together. Yep. When the camp had a typhus breakout the women in the women's barrack, uh, he ordered 600 women to the gas chambers and fumigated their barracks. And he did the exact same thing when Scarlet broke out, too. So there was, like, a disease, and he just was like, oh, fuck it, we'll kill them all. Start fresh. New people will be in later today. What the fuck? Like, they were so disposable. Because I was they literally were just going to say. So frequently. Like, they were just coming almost every day to this camp. God. You yeah. literally, like, took the words right out of my brain. I was like, they just think these humans are disposable, don't they? <laughs> God. What the fuck? Uh, when people at the camp started getting Noma, which is a bacterial infection caused in children, or bacterial infection in children. <laughs> I've heard of that before. Not caused by children. That comes from... <laughs> <laughs> I got Noma from this toddler today. That comes from bad nutrition or disease, which was probably pretty common in an area like Auschwitz, just their living conditions and oh, God, yeah. lack of nutritional meals. Uh, he would sell off their heads and send them to Germany to be studied. He was like, oh, this person died of Noma. Let's just sell off their head and send them back. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> He would lace bullets with poison and just shoot random prisoners to see how much poison was needed to actually kill someone. What the actual fuck is going on here? I don't know. This guy just kind of lost all of his marbles at once and went Completely nuts. (laughs) (laughs) My my brain is just in shock. Uh, He would burn people with mustard gas and then tried to heal them. To see what worked, um, but his healing methods obviously weren't like essential oils and Tylenol. They were like, let's pour this chemical on you and see if your flesh melts off. I, I, I have no words. <laughs> How do you even, like, process something like this? Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate this next one. I don't even oh. want to talk about it. Um... He wanted to see if bone, nerve, and muscle regeneration was possible. So he would just take it out of the person's body during surgery, which they were not asleep for. But then since they're in a concentration camp, if you have a muscle removed, obviously you're not going to be able to work as well. If you have any of these removed. (laughs) Now you're disabled, so you get shot or put in the gas chamber because you're no use to them. So you'd be like, do you really need a femur to live? Let's take that out real quick and see. Oh, okay, this person's, like, healed and they're still not doing their best work, so let's okay, kill them. bye. Yeah. <laughs> like... What the fuck? I don't know. I, I s- know concentration camps were, like, terrible, but this is next level shit. That's why Auschwitz is one of, like, the most common ones talked about because shit went down here. I mean, they were all bad, but, like, this one has some of the most notorious sick-minded people. You can still go visit Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. I want to go sometime. Like, as fucking dark and creepy as it is, I still want to go, like, see it because they still have, like, people's shoes and their hair and stuff. He wanted to know more about head injuries to kids. Specifically. Specifically. Uh, So he strapped them to a table and made a robotic hammer hit them in the head every few seconds, like, harder and harder. For like so hours he's just on end, smashing children's brains out. Yep, with a robotic hammer. Children. I picture like the cartoon hammers. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad to laugh about, but that's what it reminds me of. You can tell we're traumatized, fucks. <laughs> to try and cure malaria, which was that mosquito. Mm. disease yeah uh, he injected like thousands of people with it 
and used different drugs to, like, try to heal them, and only 80 survived out of the thousands that got it. Yes. That's a very small number compared to thousands. One set of twins named Eva Moses and her sister Miriam were survivors, and Eva said, quote, One day I became extremely ill after a visit to the lab, and I was taken to the medic and told I was practically the living dead. Mangala came in every morning and every evening, twice a day, um, with four other doctors, and declared, very sarcastically laughing, too bad she is so young. She only has two weeks left to live. Oh, Yep. Eva said that he wanted to play God by trial and error how to create a blue-eyed blonde, apparently. What the fuck? He just walked in and he was like, oh, it sucks that you're so young because you're going to die in two weeks. Like, and, and she lived to tell the story. Yeah, she lived. In your fucking face, Mangala. <laughs> but imagine being a child and they're like, hey, you got two weeks, you'll be good. So we're just going to experiment on you some more. I would be shitting my fucking pants. Oh, now we get into the capture of Dr. Mangala, which... Oh, good. Thank oh, God. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Okay. I thought that too. But turns out, it's not that happy of an ending. God damn it. Yeah. I feel like you've told me about this, but I don't even fucking remember, so okay. I'm here. I'm ready. In 1945, the war ended and some of the camps were evacuated, or the war was starting to end at this time, kind of less throughout the year. Um, but most of the camps were evacuated uh, by the U.S. and Soviet armies. Um, a lot of, like, concentration camps would try to, like, relocate to a different concentration camp to tr- just try to keep things going instead of just letting Deserting the army it. help people. Right. They're just like, no, fuck you. These are our people. We're going to move them over here so we can ten- continue our fucking fucked up stupid stuff. Um, okay. <laughs> Dr. Mangala is now 34, and he fled... Um, oh, he's still kind of young. Yeah. He fled in January of 1945, as the Soviet army was getting close. Like, they were, like, inching their way, and he was like, oh, shit, they're getting kind of close. I should dip. Deuces. So he dipped. Um, he fled to a place called Gras Raven, which is another concentration camp. He spent a few weeks there before fleeing again because they just kind of kept going and going and going. Germany was very much losing the war at this moment, so, like, he really was running out of places to go. He was eventually captured by the U.S. However, they did not realize that his name was on the wanted war criminals list. So they let him go. What the fuck? Yeah. Fucking idiots. They literally had him. Fucking idiots. Goddamn Americans! That's what I'm saying. Why are we so fucked up? <laughs> From 1945 to 1949, he used a fake identity and papers under the name Wolfgang Garhun. Why have I heard that before? Because it was... Wolfgang? Wolfgang Garhun. Yeah. I've heard Wolfgang before. That was his, like, fake identity that he used. But I've heard that before. I don't know where, but I've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, he worked on a farmland in Bavaria. I think that's how you say that. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Bavaria. We'll go with that. Eventually, he made his way to South America, where he settled in Argentina. Um, Stupid face. Yep. But then he moved again, like, in 1960, uh, when West Germany authorities issued a warrant for his arrest. Uh, Good, fuck this guy. He also heard that this guy called Adolf Inchman was captured, and that's when he fled to Brazil. I'm going to talk a little bit about him, but not too much, because he could literally be a whole episode on his own. Uh, He was the one who ordered the mass execution of Jewish prisoners. Once he realized the war wasn't going so good in 1942, his plan was basically to stick hundreds of thousands of Jews on these trains, send them to concentration camps, set them up in a line, and shoot them. Basically like, well, we're not going to get our use out of them, so just fucking kill them all. Like, we're losing... We can't save them if they're dead. We're losing the war. Stick as many as you can in the gas chambers. Anyone that don't fit, just shoot them dead. Just get rid of them. God, what the fuck? When I saw Adolf, I thought it was Hitler, but turns out it's not. Adolf must have been, like, a popular name back then, because I ran into a few of them while researching. Probably. But while in Brazil, Dr. Mangala... And his son, Ralph, 
finally got to speak under his fake name, Wolf Wolfgang. I don't know how to say it in German, but it's spelled Wolfgang. <laughs> he finally got to speak, and he said, quote, people were arriving infected with diseases, already half dead. Then his father, claiming to have done this to, like, help people and, like, make them better by selecting as many people as he could... Like, he'd be like, oh, yeah, they were affected already, and, like, they had diseases from transport. So I was I was taking them off the trains and, like, putting them in my medical section to help them. Mm, right. That's what help. he claimed. If you couldn't tell, there's a bunch of quotations and sarcasm behind that. <laughs> Mangala even claimed that the twins, quote, the twins in the camp owed their lives to him. Him personally had never harmed anyone in his life. Oh, right. Right. Oh, he's never harmed but even, anybody. Okay, so even if he didn't put a hand on the kids or the twins or whoever he was experimenting on, he told others to. Which just kind of goes back to forward to in time, I guess, Charles Manson. He technically never killed anyone. But he was responsible for exactly. it because he was the... Oh, God, this makes me so mad. Mangala became angry once he realized his son was, like, not taking the bullshit and said, well, quote... good for his fucking son. Yeah, and he said, quote, Don't tell me that you, my only son, believe what they say about me, he shouted. On my mother's life, I have never hurt anyone. So fucking dramatic. Well, he must Calm not down. care that much about his fucking mother then, because That's obviously... <laughs> you can't disrespect your mom like that. And Ralph, his son, said, these allegations, these facts left me speechless. I tried to tell him that his presence at in Auschwitz alone was unacceptable to me. I was hoping he would try to say, or that he would say, I tried to get transferred to the front. I did this, I did that, but he didn't. Unfortunately, I realized that he would never express any remorse or feeling or guilt in my presence. This man has no fucking soul. Yeah. Mengele spent the last years of his life in Brazil... So he sep- separated ways with his son. They kind of like wrote but letters back and him. forth, but just like left because his son wanted nothing to do with this Good. dark ass. Uh, he doesn't deserve to live his life out in Brazil. Brazil's a pretty place. It is. Uh, but he was suffering from some like health issues. Good. And on February 7th of 1979, he had a stroke while swimming. And Good. I hope his stroke lasted ages. Hopefully. <laughs> but he was buried under his fake name, Wolfgang Garhand. At age 67. So he died pretty young, actually. Like, compared to well, most people. Back in that time, I feel... <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's not that long ago, but, like, people did not 1985. Really... I have grandparents I suppose... that were born before that. Say, my mom was born before that. She was born in 64. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, um, I guess I would be pretty young then. He had a stroke while swimming. He was just, like, relaxing, swimming, living his Brazil life, and stroke. Fuck. Finally, karma. <laughs> he was buried under his fake name. In 1985, German officials, like, kind of, like, tracked him down and realized it was him where his body was exhumed, and Brazilian forensic experts confirmed it was him, and then in 1992, they actually like, confirmed it with DNA just to make sure it was him that he was dead. They were like, we gotta make sure this DNA came out. Finally, we're gonna make sure this guy is who he is. Yeah. <sighs> Should've fucking kept he him He was on him. the run for 34 years. And they had no idea. No. Fucking A. I so, wish they would've, like, captured him and tortured the fuck out of him and put him through the same shit that he put other people through. Like, that let's go inject great. shit into your eyes. <clears throat> I didn't even go into too much detail about, like, each of the experiments. If you go to the Holocaust Encyclopedia website, they have a ton of, like, resources on there and, like, what he did. And, like, there's a whole thing dedicated to him that you can look into. But, like, I wasn't about to do that because it gets... He doesn't deserve that much attention. Yeah, I was like, he doesn't deserve two parts. So we're going to make this one. So I'm going to summarize everything. But some, like, fun, not so fun, I guess, after math facts were... <laughs> fun, but not so fun. Yeah. Interesting things to know, but not something that should have happened. Obviously, a lot of people were killed during the Holocaust, but I wasn't expecting this much. Uh, there were six million Jews 
1.3 were in Auschwitz. Yes. 1.3 million were in Auschwitz. A little under a hundred, or a little under a thousand people made it out. Holy fuck. However, out of the a thousand, out of the thousand that made it out, only like a percentage of that were actually like strong enough hundred. to make it out of the hospital. Well, yeah, there's so like many diseases and stuff going around yeah, and diseases and like just their lack of nutrition and hygiene and that stuff can kill people i remember learning about that stuff when we read like the boy in the striped pajamas and stuff and like remember when i got in trouble because i laughed during that movie because you made eye contact with me and it happened to be at the saddest part of the movie and i giggled and the teacher was like stop that i was like <laughs> everybody in the class is bawling and me and kenzie are in the back like hee <laughs> she made eye contact with me and I didn't know what to do because I was around by a bunch of fucking jock princesses that were crying their eyes out and I was like bro help and she just kind of smiled and I lost my shit I didn't know what to do so I giggled <laughs> turns out you shouldn't laugh while you're watching the boy in the striped pajamas nope it's not a funny movie it's not comedy at all <laughs> Uh, Three to four to million civilians were killed, um, including Jewish people that were found on the streets and Syrup civilians found on German territory and just, like, people that fucked with them, basically. Like, Anne Frank, you hear about how they ran up the steps, like, through the house and they got her and they kind of, like... They'd do that to people, but they would kill anyone that hid them, basically. Like, anyone yeah. that was in their way, they were getting shot down. They didn't care who it was. They gave no fucks. We're just like, we're here for the Jews. That's it. Fuck yeah. you. So, three to four million civilians, which is a lot. That is a lot. That's like a whole-ass population. 250 people with... Or 250,000 people with disabilities that were living in institutions. These numbers are all, like, estimates, but it's still a crazy amount of people. Yeah. Uh, a little over 2,000 Jehovah's Witnesses and 70,000 repeat criminals, also known as asocials, thousands of homosexuals, some which were included in the 70,000 of the criminals because back then it was a crime. In total, more than 11 million deaths occurred due to the Holocaust. Holy fuck. That's a lot. 11. Which... Again, as an estimate, because we don't really know, but that is a lot Regardless, of people. Even probably if you're, more. Even if you're but, rounding way down to, like, 9 million, that is still a lot of people. Even 1 million is a lot of fucking people. Yeah. God damn. Okay, so we could do a whole episode on this fact. Um, I thought about throwing in, like, bits and pieces of it here, but... I decided not to. If you want to know more about this, though, you can go check out Necronomic Pod podcast episode about this. It's called Project Paperclip, where Dude, they they're fucking. Aw- I love Necronomic Pod. Yeah, they did a full. It was kind of funny because right when I thought about doing this, I like started researching it for like a week, and then I went on to their podcast to listen while I was working, and they did an episode on Project Paperclip, and I was like, okay, this is kind of in the line of things that I'm doing, but basically. Russia started taking um, scientists, Nazi scientists and doctors from Germany that were supposed to be like war prisoners, like bad people, and basically letting them continue do their research in Russia. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah, so that they could like gain more knowledge to use against the U.S. Well, the U.S. actually started a thing called Project Paperclip where they took Nazi scientists and doctors and brought them to the U.S. to continue their studies, which I understand in a sense that Russia at the time, and probably now because they're not doing too hot right now, Russia, but uh, they couldn't let them have all the knowledge, you know? Like, they needed to know what Russia knew to protect the U.S., which I understand that. But the U.S. gave some of these doctors and scientists like the top awards that you possibly could boost their fucking ego yeah for no i don't fucking reason. i do not think that they should have gotten that no not at all that is ridiculous they should have taken the knowledge that they needed from them and then threw them in a fucking cell and kept them as prisoners not awarded glorified doctors yeah and they they were probably rich from these awards like oh yeah one of them worked for nasa and like it's crazy 
<sighs> and it's actually, I dug a little bit deeper, but turns out the U.S. government has a website. If you just type in uh, U.S. government unclassified, it should pop up, and it's a website full of unclassified information, stuff that was classified that now is not classified. And you type into the search bar whatever you want. You type in Project Paperclip, and it'll pop up. Everyone they took, everything they did with them, and all the awards they were given. Yeah. I'm gonna go Google that. It's a really cool website, though. Like, did you know that the U.S. actually, like, way back in the day, like, gave millions of dollars to study UFOs and aliens? Really? Yeah. Like, there's crazy stuff on that website. I, I went into a rabbit hole with that. It was kind of cool. Definitely gonna use that in future episodes when we do, like, conspiracy theories and stuff, just to see if the U.S. ever, like, unclassified anything that had to do with the conspiracy theories. Area 51. Mm-hmm. There's, I typed that in and I couldn't find anything about it. Probably not because they're so top secret about that. You know what? One of my exes, his grandpa worked in Area 51. And I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yep. And I want it so badly. Just sit there and beg him and be like, tell me. I won't tell a single fucking soul, but he, he won't. Over 500 acres, which is a good amount That's of land. That's a lot of land. Uh, was taken up by concentration camps and buildings. Only 155 buildings still stand, and you can tour Auschwitz 1 and 2 and a few other camps. We should definitely but do that sometime, and we should, like, record the whole thing. And We still we have, have to go, to go see... to Germany. Yeah, that would be so fucking cool. How are we going to get to Germany? <laughs> Save up a lot of money. Like, a lot of... That's, like, something you start saving for now, and we might be able to go when we're, like, 80. Okay, well, let's start fucking saving, then. They do have a um, a few virtual tour options that I saw. That would be cool, even. I mean, it would be a lot cooler to go in person, but... Yeah. I don't know. I'll ask my mom. She's traveled to a bunch of different parts of the world, like, how she does her vacation stuff, and then eventually, like, in a few years or something, we can figure out how to go there. I still want to go see, um... Ed Gein's little town thing. Plainfield? Yeah. I always want to say Plainsfield, but it's Plainfield. I think, no I think there is a Plainsfield somewhere. There is, but it's not the one <laughs> Not the same from. one. No. We still have to go there. The day we were yeah. supposed to go, the weather uh, kind of went to shit because it's Minnesota, and even though it's spring, we still get freezing rain and three inches of snow in the I mean, today night. was nice, but it's the first nice day that we've had in a couple of weeks. It so. was like... 42 out today. My car thermostat thingy said it was like 49. Okay, but still, that's not that nice. <laughs> it's nice compared to the negative 20 degrees we get in the wintertime. I want like 90 yes. sunshine, I'm a little bit of summer. wind. Just oh, relaxing on the beach. Oh. The Claw Crips going to Vegas. Oh gosh. Which we're going to go see the Zach. I forgot his last name. Haunted Dude, the dude that did Ghost Hunters and stuff like that, the big TV show. Yeah. We're going to go see Bacon? Zach Bacon? Such the B. We're going to go see his museum with a bunch of haunted artifacts, and I definitely yes. want to try to record while we're in there and then upload it to our future YouTube channel, which Anything we should have by now. i my little GoPro thingy in like a jacket or something, and I'll like sneak it out. I don't know. I'll yes. find a way to do it, but I'm excited for that. And we could bring like... We could do an episode while we're there on it. We'll just have to... I could get, like, a little microphone that plugs into my phone that we can bring with us. We could get one of those, like, secret mics that, like, go up your shirt and you have it, like, tucked in and you're, like, you know, like, undercover. Yeah. And then I could have, like, my phone in my back pocket and then I'll just casually, like... Turn around and point your butt at stuff. (laughs) Point my butt. (laughs) Sorry, I gotta tie my shoe. That's not until August. So stay tuned until August because we got some interesting shit coming out then, but we'll have interesting shit before then too. So like just stay tuned regardless. (laughs) We're definitely going there. That's the only like place that I think for sure has any like actual haunted stuff in Vegas. I've heard of a few more that we might go see. There is a haunted road in, like, Wilmer that Zach wants to take me to, and I feel like we should take you with, and we should do a little episode on that, too, because there's, like, this perfect road trip in Minnesota that me and Zach are gonna take when he gets out. Okay. So, I'm yeah. down. Just don't kill me. Please. It's, like, an eight-hour drive. That's all total, I ask. And we're gonna stop and do some fishing and stuff, but... I'm really bad at fishing. 
I actually I don't fish. What I like to do is I take um, a fishing pole, uh, no hook, but the line's there. I take the line and I tie it around a a jig. I think is what you call them, the little squishy things. Yeah. <laughs> I just tie the line around that and I put it at the end of my dock and I just watch the fishies swim over it and like look at it and then I watch the fishies. It'll just be our source of entertainment while we're waiting for yeah. fish. I don't like to actually <laughs> catch them, but I like to see them swim, so that's what I do. Dude, I caught this fucking northern while we were out canoeing and shit, and it scared the shit out of me because it would keep, like, jumping out of the water, and it was super heavy, and I was trying to reel it in, and <laughs> I fucking... I had gloves on, but my hands are so small that when I grabbed the fish, it literally, like, went into its gills, and it, like, swallowed my hand backwards. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. My whole ass hand went into its gills, and, like, <laughs> I could not hold the fish so i had to hold it on the string i can upload the picture to instagram but (laughs) it's a nice little fishy he's still in my freezer okay well we are on facebook instagram Instagram, sometimes twitter twitter i haven't posted anything on the twitter recently because it's been failing either terribly yeah i don't know how to work twitter but we're uh, still there (laughs) If you have any, or all of those under the Claw Crypt or the Claw Crypt podcast, either one you type in, we should pop up. You can do that. Uh, quickest way to get a hold of us, if you want us to, like, share a spooky story, give you a shout out, or a case that you want us to look into. Either or, Instagram or Gmail. Yeah, I would say email us at the theclawcrypt at gmail.com is the email or if you go directly to Instagram and message through there you can get a hold of Emily. I'm on the Instagram every single day yep. so I will see it. <laughs> if you go to Facebook and click the message thing you can get to me faster. But we, all of we those share work. the responsibilities. <laughs> yep. Anyways that's all we have today. Um, I hope you are drunk at this point because uh, you're gonna need it. Yeah. So um Sleep good. (laughs) Don't get a hangover. We will, uh, we'll see you later. Goodbye. Do it soon. Have a good beautiful time.